recorded live. Marvelous, 
pain and weeping and gnashing and how God is the only one that can throw people in there. And I was like, Lord, how can you, such a loving God, such a gracious God, such a kind and compassionate God, how can you not only make a place like hell, but be the only one to throw people into hell? I was like, Lord, it is to me, you know, I need an explanation. Can Talk to your son. Talk to your boy. And the Lord said, Robin, I made hell so terrible because I made salvation so simple. If you are under the sound of my voice, God has made salvation very, very simple. God says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's it. You say, Apostle, can it be that simple? I said, look, that's what, that's what God said. That is what will get you in the door of salvation. That doing those things there, as simple as they may appear, as simple as they may seem, will take your soul from an eternal damnation into eternal life. Just that. Now, we know that once we get saved, now we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We are learning. We are studying. We are you know, putting away wickedness and, and, and walking in the light, so many things. But that is the simplicity of salvation. That is the simplicity of starting in the newness of life. And the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things, watch this, become new. So our life in Christianity is a life of, of things becoming new. You know, we're using our minds in new ways, whereas we used to <laughs> use our minds for all kinds of craziness. Now we're using our minds for things that are pleasing in the eyesight of God. You know, I can still almost remember every word to Rapper's Delight came out around 1980, one of the first rap songs that came out. I was living in New Jersey, and oh, my, the young man. And the young women felt like that was a whole new era in music. And if you didn't learn the the the, uh, the lyrics to Rapper's Delight, something was wrong with you. Well, I used my mind for that kind of thing uh, prior to salvation. But now that uh, we are in the body of Christ, God wants us to use our minds to uh, study his word, use our minds to hear his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm still in the same body that I was in before I was saved. And, you know, uh, this is the same body that has fought with police. This is the same body that has been locked up. This is the same body that has done all kinds. But what has happened is Satan, who was in the center of my spirit man, you know, and this is what happens to us when we are saved. Satan, who is at the center of our spirit man, has been moved out, and the Holy Spirit of God has moved in. And now that God is inside of us, uh, as we submit ourselves more to him, we will do more of what is right, what is good, what is pleasing in the eyesight of God. We still, you know, we don't always listen to God, and when we don't, we're listening back to the devil again. Before we were saved, we listened to the devil all the time. Now that we are saved, we only listen to the devil some of the time, and it should be getting less and less as we uh, submit ourselves more unto the spirit of the true and living God. Let me listen, child of God out there, or unsaved, whoever, whatever you may be. There's only two voices you're going to listen to. 
You're either going to listen to the voice of God or you're going to listen to the voice of uh, demonic spirits. That includes Satan, too. Now, now, some of you all, you don't believe that. That's your business. Whatever you choose to believe, whatever you choose to do, that's your business. But I'm telling it to you right now that you're going to find out. If you don't already know and if you do know, uh, continue to pray with us. But those of you that don't know, there's only two voices you will ever listen to in your life. The voice of God, which will always tell you to do what is good, will always tell you to do what is right, will always tell you to do what is pleasing in the eyesight of God, or the voice of demonic spirits that will tell you to do evil, that will tell you to lie, to cheat, to steal, to to uh, any sin, any sin. Because God said, look, Robert, my people need to understand. I never tell my people to sin. So anytime we sin, I'm like, Lord, who, who's telling us to do that? God said, demons. See, this is why Ezekiel chapter 18 lets us to know that the soul who sins he shall die. Well, you say, Apostle, what's that mean? What, what does that mean, the soul who sins? That is meaning the soul that is constantly making the choice to listen to demonic spirits who are opposed to God, who are against God, who are telling men and women every day to do something that is not pleasing to God. If you continue making the choice, your soul is the part of you that makes the choice. You know, we got some saints that are here with us physically. We got some saints that are worshiping with us through talk shoe, worshiping with us through YouTube, your soul made the choice for you to be here. Whatever clothes you put on in the morning, your soul made the choice. Whatever car you are driving, your soul made the choice. Your soul, my soul, is the part of us that makes the choices, whether to do good or to do evil, whether to uh, connect ourselves with what is good or to connect ourselves with what is evil. Your soul, my soul. That's why God will judge our souls. God will judge what God said, look, I'm going to judge the decisions that you have made, the choices that you have made while you were in this life. These bodies, they're vessels. You know, these bodies, our soul and our spirit is inside of these, these vessels. These bodies are what we use to do things in the physical realm. Well, God has given us a spirit that we can use to do things in the spiritual realm. And God has given us a soul that sits right in between that makes the choices. Our soul will make the choices for our spirit to either connect with God in the spiritual realm or to connect with demons in the spiritual realm. Our soul will then tell our body to either do the good that God has told it to do or to do the evil that demonic spirits have told us to do. That is it. My brothers and my sisters, I got to give it to you straight because God had to give it to me straight. And he has now entrusted me along with other prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers with sharing with this generation that which we have been convinced of, that which we are, are witnesses of. Now, the reality is, children of God, that, that, you know, even as children of God, we don't always listen to the spirit of God. But as we listen to him more. As we submit more to him, you will find yourself growing more in the things of God. You will find God's voice becoming clearer in your uh, inner man. So you've got a lot of children of God. Watch this now. Thank you, Father. God said, Robert, you've got a lot of my children that don't even know the difference between my voice and Satan's voice right in their own hearts. 
The Lord God says it's so, so I can say it, and it's true. A lot of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you don't even know. You don't know when God is talking to you. You don't even know when the devil is talking to you. See? Now, but as, as you uh, learn more of what God has said and, and uh, study more, uh, show God that you really want to hear. See, God, a lot of times he reveals himself to those who, who who want him. You know, God is much like us. How many of you all like going to people's houses that don't want you around? How many of you all under the sound of my voice like staying in a relationship the other person don't want you? You got a husband and he don't want you. You got a wife and she don't want you. You got a friend and they don't want to be around you. Well, what most of us would do is we'll go and find somebody that does. Well, God does the same thing. If you don't want God in your life, God won't be in your life. God said, no problem, you know. If you don't want God in your heart, God said, all right, no problem. I won't be in your heart. You know, If you don't want to hear what God got to say, God be saying, all right, I ain't got a whole lot to say to you. All right, well, what's the problem? You didn't, you didn't want me. But think about those who do want you around. You know, think about those who do want to hear what you have to say. Oh, man, we love spending time with them. We love being with them. Why? One reason is because they love being with us. They love spending time with us. See, you know, it's it's normally a lot easier to love somebody that you know loves you. You know, now we're supposed to love everybody as children of God, but it'd be some jokers, man, because of the way they be treating you. You'd be like, man, Lord, loving this character here is hard. Lord, be like, yeah, it might be hard, but you do it anyway. So, as we uh, become more in tune with the voice of God, you will find uh, blessings. You will find power that you didn't know you had. As a child of God, you will find anointing you didn't even know you possessed. Children of God, listen, I didn't even know God was calling me to the apostolic ministry until well into my preaching and teaching. Well in. God be like, look, watch this now. You know, most of us don't finish Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. If I was to say it to you all right now, most of you all would not finish it, just like for years I didn't finish it. If I was to say to you right now, my people perish, some of you all would say in unison, for a lack of, I say, finish the scripture. Some of you all would holler out, for a lack of knowledge. And I would look you right, at, look you right in the face and tell you absolutely wrong. Some of you all would be like, what? You didn't finish the scripture. You just gave a part of it. Just like if I said my people perish and you said for a lack of knowledge, I gave a part and you just gave a part. The, the, the completion of that scripture from the New International Version says my people perish for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. God says I will reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of God. God says I will ignore your children. So understand that 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 the perishing in our lives, the problems in our lives, the, ultimately it, go, it can be traced back to a lack of knowledge. See? A lot of people go to hell relatively innocently. They didn't know. They didn't know that Jesus was Lord. They didn't know. Well, that didn't stop them from getting sent to hell. They didn't know. Some people hit hell. Oh, I didn't know this. Hell was real. I didn't know. And God be like, maybe you didn't, but it is. Even in the law. I've got some, you know, one one great woman of God that is listening as a, as an officer of the law right now. 
even in the law. You know, I remember being taught this years ago that ignorance of the law is no excuse. Ignorance, of, that's in man's law. You didn't know that the speed limit was 35 in that area. You come blazing through there at 55. Officer pull you over. You talking about I didn't know. Well, that's not going to stop you from getting a ticket. Normally, you still broke the law, even though you didn't know. So it is in the thing with the things of God. Just because you don't know that hell is real, that don't mean that it's not. Just because you don't know or don't believe that the devil is real, that don't make he, that don't mean he's not. So you say, Apostle, what what are you suggesting? Since God has said that His people perish for a lack of knowledge because we've rejected knowledge. God's going to reject us and reject them. What we need to do, children of God, is to get as much knowledge as we possibly can, as much knowledge of the the word of God, as much knowledge of the, the will of God, so that we can take that knowledge and apply it, and it become wisdom, and we can walk in the wisdom of God. If God say I'm going to perish for a lack of knowledge, then I'm common sense. I ain't even going into the spirit yet. I ain't even going into spiritual sense. If God says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge, well, I know I can do something about that myself. Let me get some knowledge then. If somebody come in and tell me, say, all right, uh, uh, Pastor Bryant, the uh, Christian Center Church is going to be blown up on the 4th of July, then if I got any sense, let me get out of here on the 4th of July. Now, we're talking common sense. If God has said that his people perish for a lack of knowledge, why in the world will we just remain stupid, remain ignorant? If we know that lack of knowledge will lead to our perishing, then let's do something about that. If I know that being overweight leads to chronic diseases, then common sense will tell me, let me get my weight down. Chronic diseases, heart attack, high blood pressure, stroke, uh, diabetes. If, if I know that, see, I'm a health and physical education teacher. I know that. So why in the world would I just let my weight just get out of control? And I already know, so it is. If we know, children of God, that the wages of sin is death. In other words, if we keep right on with sin, we're going to die, be sent to hell. Then let us try to stay away from as much sin as we possibly can. If I know that fire will burn my hand, why am I going to go stick my hand in the fire? Let me stay away from it, as far away from fire as possible. With the saints, we ain't, we ain't getting all, I ain't, look, I ain't all, you know, uh, all super, getting all super spiritual. We're talking real simple talk here. And that's the thing I love about, about God. He came into my life in a real simple but powerful way. Very simple. And that's why some of us, some individuals miss the, 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 the wisdom of God because it'd be so simple. And we preached a sermon here some months ago. The topic was complex problems, simple solutions. In life, in, in creation, we can all, you know, humans, we can oftentimes have very, very complex problems, stuff beyond. God come in with very simple solutions. Very simple. Now, if we don't, if we don't want to get with the simple solution or we don't believe this or accept the simple solution, then what we choose is the complex problem. If you won't take the simple solution to getting out of hell, to getting out of being sent to hell for eternity, which is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead. If you won't accept that simple solution, then you'll have to deal with that complex problem of spending eternity in hell. Now, God doesn't want that for you. 
And 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 you'll find out, even if you don't know now, that you don't want that for you. Listen, God told me something some time ago, children of God. God said, Robert, tell my people that everyone who ends up in hell, everyone, with God said without exception, realize they made the wrong decision in life. There are people that hit hell today. That hit, I'm, listen, I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about 15, 50 years from now. There are some people that hit hell. Some folk died, God says, and they, went, they were sent to hell today, Robert, today. And every one of them realizes they made the wrong decision in their life. You say, Apostle, you're scaring us. I hope so. I hope so. Because if hell don't scare you, then what will? Listen, children, God, I'm I'm more afraid of hell than I am uh, Freddy Krueger or, or Jason Voorhees or you know uh, mass you know psychotic killers. Why? Because they can only kill the body. You know, you watch them scary movies, Jason and Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. Them cats, all they can do is kill the body. God says, "Fear not him which has the power to kill the body, but after that can do no more. But rather fear the one." And one is capitalized in your Bible, talking about and referring to God. But fear the one who has power after killing the body, has power to cast both soul and body into hell. God said, that's something to fear. God said, Jason Voorhees can't. He, first of all, he's a, a fictional character, but God says he can't, he can't cast your soul or your body into hell. Al-Qaeda can't cast your soul and your body into hell. Boko Haram, ISIS. Terrorists, they can't cast your soul and your body into hell. God can. God can. Now, our salvation, you know, we serve God because we love God. You know, because he first loved us. It's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Serving God, loving God, uh, worshiping God, it's just the right thing to do. But also, we serve God because the Bible tells us it's a terrible, dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. In other words, it's a terrible, terrible thing to mess around and get on God's uh, um, other side. I wanted to say bad side, but the Lord corrected me in my spirit. God said, Robert, I don't have a bad side. But God said, I got a side that let a lot of people see as bad. Because God can and will go off on the deep end, on the deep end. As terrible as Satan is, God said, I'm more, I'm more terrible when it comes down to destruction. God said, there's destruction that Satan can't even accomplish. God says that I can. God is the creator of all things. Everything belongs to God. Even if Satan is doing something to us, God says, you know, Robert, I allowed that. You know. But I, God always puts Satan on a leash. And only let him do certain things. But God said, look, I ain't on no leash. I can do anything I want. I can tear up any way I want to tear up. God said, I can destroy any way I want to destroy. God said, my people need to understand this. There are two sides to me, said the Lord. God says, look at how I created you all. God says, I created you all in my image and in my likeness. Even in your physical body, there are two sides. There's the front. There's the back. There's the right side. There's the left side. There's the upper portion of your body. There's the lower portion. God said, I got two sides. God said, I'm trying to show you something. God said, I got two sides. I got my compassionate 
my graceful, my merciful side. Because if you keep acting foolish, God says you'll see my my wrathful side. You'll see my 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 righteous indignation. You'll see my jealousy. You'll see my anger. God said y'all don't want to see that. And God said that's why I send my prophets. I send my apostles. I send my spokesmen, my spokeswomen to try and tell you what I want you to do so that you don't have to see that other side. Now, children of God, I'm trying to tell some of y'all out there, God has revealed to me on several occasions that our country is marching headlong into a beating from God of the likes of which we have never seen before. Our country is, 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 uh, it's like we have lost our minds. It's like we have lost our spiritual compass. Just a few years ago in this country, just about everybody knew that 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 homosexuality and same sex marriage was was wrong. Now the adversary has gotten into the hearts and minds of many of our leaders, many of our our lawmakers, and they have made it legal in all fifty states. God is highly displeased. False prophets will tell you it's all right, God. God love everybody. God don't. It's all right. But false prophets say, God do love everybody, but God hate everybody's sin. Keep that in mind. God say, I love everybody. That's true, but I hate everybody's sin. Because God gives us freedom, that does not mean we should use our freedom to sin more. We should use our freedom to do more of that which is pleasing in the eyesight of God. God give us freedom. We sit down and and, and watch more pornography, or we can sit down and study God's word. God give us freedom. We can sit down and we can listen to uh, uh, hate speech, or we can sit down and listen to God's word. God give us freedom. And whatever, you know, with freedom comes responsibility. Now, just because we are free to do a thing, that doesn't mean that we should do a thing. You know, God gave Adam the freedom to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He had the freedom, but that wasn't what he should have done. And each one of us, under the sound of my voice, ought to be able to bear witness with the devastating effects of one man's sin, of Adam eating from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says, by one man's uh, transgression or disobedience, sin entered into the world. Now, here we are, got to die, you know, physically, thousands and thousands of years later after Adam's sin. Now, you know, just about every sin imaginable has now um, come into humanity because one man let it in. Well, what Adam did by letting sin in, when you let Christ in, he helps us to get sin out. Adam Adam was the one that let sin into humanity. Christ has come to help men get sin out of humanity. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Saints, let's, let's start moving forward. Um, we thank God for everything he has shared with us thus far. I did not know the the Lord was going to go that deep into some things, but since this is 
his broadcast, since we are his people, since this is his church, his ministry, we let him do and say whatever he wants to do and say. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we have been working on our most recent topic entitled what? Because God has shown me something different, I am doing something different. We looked at uh, the importance of God uh, revealing to us different ways of thinking, different ways of speaking, different ways of uh, living our lives, different ways of uh, worshiping, different, different. Why? Because he has shown us something different. See, and this is why, you know, we want God to show us how he wants things done, not just to run behind things because that's what we saw other people do. That's what grandma and them did. That's what, well, maybe that was the revelation they had. But Lord, you show me and show our generation how you want things done. See, see, grandma and them, they, they wouldn't have known anything about preaching on the Internet. What no Internet. See, so God is not holding grandma and them or granddad and them accountable for not using the Internet. There was none. But for those of us in this generation, in this technological dispensation and generation, God won't know. Why, why are you not using the Internet? Very efficient way, very uh, uh, quick way, very inexpensive way to get the gospel in the four corners of the earth. Internet. World Wide Web. That's what WWW stands for. Now, back, you know, years ago, the Lord told me he was going to give me a worldwide ministry. You know, he sent me to many countries, but I haven't been to every country in the world. Not physically, but through and by this Internet I have. Through and by this Internet. And I thank God for the, the, the uh, the people of YouTube, the people of TalkShoe, the people of various other uh, devices that graciously allow me to proclaim the Word of God on it. You know, I know it's got to be some 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 believers in these uh, in these uh, um, companies. You know, some some serious serious spirit filled believers. It's got to be. If not. They've got me out of here a long time ago with some of the things that the Lord has given me to share. But I thank God for you, saints, even though I may not know you, even though I may never even see you face to face. I know that you are there. See, I know that you are there. Because one thing the adversary and his children do not want is the truth, the words of the true and living God to be going out on the airway. See, he doesn't want that. And he will do all he can to stop it. But God does want it, and God's got some of his people strategically placed. You need to understand out there on the sound of my voice, child of God, wherever you are, wherever God has you, you are strategically placed. You are a teacher out there, and you are a child of God. You have been strategically placed to affect the lives of those children for the good. You're an officer of the law out there under the sound of my voice. You've been strategically placed to, to affect the lives of of, of lawbreakers or citizens or whoever you come in contact with. As children of God, we have been strategically placed where we are to bring forth light 
You say, Apostle, well, what are you talking about now? You out there on the sound of my voice, you're a computer operator. You're working in a big company somewhere, you're a computer. You've been strategically placed. So you need to understand, you went to that job, you know, because of a check, a lot of us. That's, that's why a lot of us go to job, because we want to get, get paid. We want to get the money. But God be looking at kingdom. God be looking at how can the kingdom thrive? How can the kingdom prosper? How can the kingdom grow? And so God moves you and I around just like chess pieces in order that his good, pleasing, and perfect will may be, may be accomplished. See, you, you understand, children of God, we don't, you know, we don't always know why God has us doing what he has us doing. But God be sitting on the throne saying, look, I know. And so you just trust me and do what I'm telling you. God said, I know why I told you, Robert Bryant, to get up and to proclaim my word on the Internet. God said, there are some folk that are watching you on this Internet that will not set foot in a church. There's some. There's some folk that, that are watching you through the Internet that will get saved through the, the words and the ministry on the Internet that, 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 that would never go into a church building. God said, I know. You don't know. God said, look, don't you worry about all that. You just do what I'm telling you. You say, Apostle, what you're trying to get us to understand. Just do what God tells you to do. He understands why. He knows why. We don't always know. There's some things we're not even going to know about why God told us to do until, until we, we, we go to see the Lord in the air. There's some things we're not going to know. You know, now, what the Lord is bringing in my spirit now was a story my spiritual mother told me years ago. It was very profound, and it's very fitting uh, in what I'm sharing with you all now about how just being obedient to God, that's the best thing you can do. You say, Apostle, what does it say? Just being obedient to God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible tells us that wisdom, you know, is, is, is supreme. Though it may cost all you have, get an understanding. Wisdom is supreme. And what is wisdom? It's doing what God tells you to do. That's the best thing you can do for God is just what he told you. Don't try to think. Don't try to come up with nothing. Don't try to weasel out of it. Just do what God tells you. Now, uh, one, my spiritual mother told me years ago about a friend of hers who was uh, also a minister, was coming home late one evening from a program. And they were on a deserted-looking road, you know, driving home. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord told him, get out and preach. And the pastor was like, what? The Lord spoke again in the Spirit. Get out and preach. The pastor pulled the vehicle over, got out on a deserted, what he thought to be was a deserted road. And late in the night, start preaching. Just jumped out of his vehicle, start preaching. Finished up, jumped back in the vehicle, drove on home. Months later, a man came up to him somewhere. I don't know whether it was his church or whatever. And he said, look, he said, sir, you don't know me. He said, but uh, that night you jumped out of your vehicle and started preaching. I was laying over in the ditch drunk. I got saved that night. We bless God. You say, apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? We don't always know why God has us do what he has us do, why God is telling us to say and to do uh, certain things. But he knows, and this is why, children of God, that, you know, uh, our obedience to the Spirit of God is so important. See, 
is so, so important because um, as we obey the Spirit of God, just obey. Just obey. God's going to tell you to do some stuff that, that may look crazy. God's going to tell you some stuff that may not make any sense to you. God's going to tell you some stuff that you're going to be like, what in the Just obey. Because as we obey the Spirit of God, God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is manifested. His good, pleasing, and perfect will is manifested. See, some of us want to want to know, God, why are you telling me this? Just like just like some children, you tell them to clean up their room. They want to know why. You tell them to do their homework. They want to know why. You tell them to do why, why, why. Oh, see, see, God wants children, you know, that's not questioning everything, but God wants children that's obeying everything. God said, I'll let you know. In at the appointed time, but right now you just do. God say what I'm telling you to do, and then as we do what God is telling us to do at the appointed time, God will let us know why He has told us certain things. You know, I had shared with you all some time ago, um, but it just comes back in my spirit now. I was in Dubai years ago. I'll just just let you know now. You know. Uh, because God has revealed to me that this this broadcast is going out to people I'll never see, and you know people are watching and tuning in that I I may never get to know in countries that I may never even visit. But I was in Dubai years ago, and in a McDonald's in Dubai, upstairs in the McDonald's, and it's amazing. I, just as I turn around here and look behind me on the wall. In the pulpit, there's a McDonald's sign on some country that I visited there. I think, okay, that looks like Madrid, Spain, but they got a McDonald's sign in the corner as I'm talking about McDonald's with you all. But um, I was in Dubai in a McDonald's upstairs, and a woman came past me, and she looked at me. You know, I was like, this woman looking at me like this. In my mind, she said, uh, hello? And I said, well, you know, hello? She just kept looking at me and walked on by, and I went on, you know, got my food, and I was, you know, with a group, group of some of Nigerian brothers and sisters, and I was just, you know, kind of turning the thing over in my mind. I'm like, well, this woman looking at me like this, and, and, and you know, just kind of strange thing, but, you know, I just kind of let it go. Sometime later, when I got back to the United States, I got um, contacted by one Kenyan sister that had been following the broadcast and different things. And she asked me, she said, you know, Apostle, were you in Dubai back in, I think, March? I think that was the time I was I was like, uh... And I had to go back and check. I was like, yeah, yeah, I sure was. I was in Dubai. And she said, were you in a McDonald's in Dubai? I was like, uh, at first I was like, no, no, I ain't no McDonald's. Then I had to think, yeah, that's right. I did go to a McDonald's. And she said, I saw you there. I was like, ah, and it was the same one, same sister that had been following the broadcast. Here I am, thousands and thousands of miles away, United Arab Emirates. And you know, one of those who has uh, been following the broadcast um, saw me. So 
children of God, you know, the extent of the ministry that God has given you, you're not going to know it in this life. I'm not going to know it in this life. But I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, do what God tells you to do. The righteous are to walk or to live by faith. We're not always going to see the impact. We're not always going to see, you know, how we are affecting lives and how, you know, God is using us to do his thing. We're not always going to see that in this life. But uh, at the appointed time, God is going to show us, and uh, many of us are going to be shocked. Many of us are going to be shocked. Uh, scripture talks about how, and watch this now, God is flashing this in my spirit to share with his people. Now, um, we'll come back and we'll get started on the official topic soon, but God is flashing a particular scripture in my mind. I think it's Matthew chapter 20. Five, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 37. All right, now what you have here, children of God, Matthew 25, verses 31 on down through 46, you have the sheep and the goats. Now you out there under the sound of my voice, you're either a sheep or a goat. It's going to just going to keep that in mind. Sheep understand that they need a pastor. Sheep really do, because sheep ain't got no whole lot of claws. They ain't got no whole lot of fangs. They can't run real fast. They can't fend off many predators. Sheep know they need some help. Goats feel like they can make it on their own. Now, which one are you out there? If you under the sound of my voice, you call yourself a child of God, you're supposed to have a pastor. You're supposed to have a pastor. You're supposed to have prophet in your life. You're supposed to have an apostle. You, you supposed, The gifts of the Spirit are for you. Now, if you're a goat out there, you feel like, man, I don't, need, I don't need no pastor. I do what I want to do. I don't need no apostle. I don't need no prophet. I, see, goat, you out there under the sound of my voice, you realize the need to be saved and have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're a sheep. You out there under the sound of my voice, man, you feel like you don't need God. You feel like you don't need the word of God. You don't feel like you need the life of God. You're a goat. Sheep and goats. God going to separate sheep and goats. Righteous and wicked. Saved and unsaved. God going to separate. Some of you all saying, ah, apostle, you know, don't judge us. Don't judge us. I'm not judging you. The word has already judged you. I'm just telling you what the words say. Talking about do not, don't judge me. Let me tell you, so you think a mass murder is supposed to go to court and done killed uh, 35 people and then cut their faces off, sewed them together, made him a uh, hockey mask, made him a face, a hockey mask, and run around, and he go to court, and you think the judge don't supposed to, to pronounce judgment on him? It's the law that's judging you. You done killed a bunch of people, cut their faces off, warm as a hockey mask. The law is judging you. Judge is just telling you what the law say. Here's what you get for murder. Here's what you get for cutting people's face off and wearing them like a hockey mask. Here's what you get. The word of God is the judge. Not Apostle Brian, not Pastor him or Bishop him. Or the, the word of God is the judge. If the word of God tell you that tell us that liars gonna go to hell, 
And I tell you, if you keep right on lying, you're going to go to hell. It's not me judging you. It's work. It's work. So the word is telling us that sheep going to be on one side separated and goats on the other. What I'm trying to do is I, I want to, if you a sheep out there, I want you to encourage you to be more sheep-like. And if you a goat out there, I'm encouraging you to make a change and come on over to the sheep side. You ain't got to remain a goat. I've been a goat too. Man, I can, God keep right on bringing into my remembrance clearly what I used to say when my grandfather and various others tried to tell me about Christianity prior to, to my exorcism, prior to my salvation. I remember Grandpa trying to tell me about the Lord as a young man. Son, you know, you need to get saved. You need Jesus in your life. I'd be like, Grandpa, get out of here, man. Don't nobody want to hear that mess about the white man's God. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Now look at me. Can't even hardly go a day without talking about the white man's God, the black man's God, the Chinese man's God. The, the, the European man's God. You say, Apostle, what you trying to drive at? Jesus is Lord of all creation. Yeah, he's the white man's God, but he's the black man's God too. He's the Chinese man's God. He's the Japanese man's God. He's a, he's a, he, Jesus is Lord. Now, for me to be saying that, the way I used to be and the way I used to think, you know, that's a miracle in and of itself. Because I didn't believe that. You're talking about a stubborn, hard-headed unbeliever. It was me. But what we say our topic was? Because God has what? Shown me something different. I'm doing something different. Because God has shown me something different. I'm talking something different. Let me listen some of you all out there. I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what your mind is telling you. If I didn't know that Jesus Christ was Lord, and if he hadn't made a substantial uh, change in my life, no way in the world I would have given up my career. You know, I'm making pretty nice money with the little stuff I had going and little hustles and different things. Wouldn't have given up the career and wouldn't be here uh, telling this to you all every day, every morning, every evening. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me if I didn't know? You say, Apostle, what you're trying to get us to understand, that the reason why I am here, the reason why you are hearing my voice, seeing my face like you are, it's so much that some of you are sick of it. That's all right. That's all right. Because it ain't my face or my voice that's important anyway. It's, it's God's face and God's voice. That's what I'm hoping you'll pick up. If I didn't know for a, a surety that Jesus Christ was Lord, you know, not that I got everything all together. Now I say every day, children of God, struggle with the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, just like just like everybody else. But I know that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I want as many of you all out there under the sound of my voice to come to come into the family of God, to come out of sheep, to come out of goathood, and come into sheepdom. Same way God brought me out by His power with a miraculous display of his power. You're wondering what, what do, Apostle, what do you want? What, do you, what are you trying to accomplish with all this preaching and teaching you're doing every day? Father, I want as many of your people as possible to 
to be saved, to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Well, Robert, but what about money now? What, what about money? Lord, whatever you touch your hearts or your people to do, you know, I understand that you are my, my source. See. But, Lord, I want your people saved. God said, Robert, that's in line with my heart. See, the Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. That means that David wanted pretty much what God wanted. If our goal is the salvation of men and women's souls, our, that, if that's the goal of our heart, then we are, our hearts are in line with God's hearts. Because God said, Robert, my people need to understand it's not my will that any should perish, but that God said, my will is that they might come to a knowledge of the truth, a saving knowledge of the truth. God says, I want my people saved. That's the main thing God wants. God wants you saved more than he wants your, your little money. God said, look, <laughs> I'm not lacking in money. God say all money is mine. Some of you all got this thing all backed up. Some of you, some of you all think, oh man, all them preachers want is your money. Some, that's true. Some, you know. God does not ask for you to contribute to the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is lacking. God is asking for you to, to, to contribute to the kingdom of God as a show of your love for him, that he might continue blessing you. <laughs> Some of you all out there. <laughs> like, God, like, like my kingdom, is, like my kingdom is, is suffering. God said, no, Robert, that, that's, not, that's not it. God's kingdom is not lacking anything. Your gifts, your giving to the work of God, to the kingdom of God, to the, to the ministry, that's more for your benefit than anybody else's. Not because God needs your money. God, God said, Robert, look, explain something to some of my people out there, because some of them got twisted completely up. God said, I don't need your money any more than I need you. God said, with or without your money, God said, my kingdom is still going to thrive. My kingdom is still going to prosper. My kingdom is still going to, is still going to stand. And God said, without you, my kingdom is still going to thrive. My kingdom is still going to prosper. And my kingdom is still going to stand. God don't need your money any more than he needs you. He don't need your money, and he don't need you. Now, I hope that busts some of y'all's little bubbles out there that think you something more highly than y'all. He don't need you, and he don't need me either. But he asked for us. He asked for us. He asked that we might that we might contribute to the work of the ministry. He asked that we might present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. He's asking for us, even though we don't need us. He's asking for our gifts, even though we don't need them. So let's let's get things in the proper what perspective. One of the saints said the proper place. Now we look this. Here, we're going to look at Matthew chapter twenty twenty uh, five. Um, 
as we were talking about how that we don't always understand uh, what we are doing and the, the eternal ramifications. So you need to understand that what you are doing, what I am doing, has eternal ramifications. Everything we do has eternal ramifications. The Bible says in Matthew 25 and 37, when God begins to judge the sheep or the righteous, but go back to verse 34, Matthew 25 and 34, says, then the king or God will say to those on his right or the sheep, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now watch this now. Watch, watch, what, watch the specific things that the righteous did that, or some of the specific things the righteous did that has caused God to put them over on his right side. God said, look, for I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, now they, they were visiting. Now, they were doing this to, to, to people. They were doing this to people. They were doing this to the church. They were doing this to, you know, their neighbor, they were, just, they were just doing right things, and they were doing the right thing for people. And then the Bible says the righteous will answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger, invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? When? The righteous be like, when When I do that to you, Lord? When? I, I, didn't, I didn't see you. I didn't know, know, not that I didn't do these things for people, but, Lord, when did I do these things for you? And then Jesus said something to him. It's very profound, children of God, and I pray that, that this, you know, that this word God will use to show you something different so that, you know, you'll do something different. The Bible says the king will reply, verse 40, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for one of these brothers of mine, whatever you did for one of these children of God, whatever you did for one of these churches, one of these ministries, God said you do for me. What we do to each other, children of God, we are doing it to God. <laughs> what? What we do to each other, children of God, we do to God. God says, say it one more time, Robert. What we do to each other, children of God, we do to God. Hmm. My prayer is that that word has shown someone something different today.
that someone, including myself, may do some things differently. When you give to the work of God, children of God, you are giving to the God of the work. Just like when you study the word of God, you are studying the God of the word. Whatever we do to the least of God, Christ's brothers, and that's what we are. We are his brothers. God is our heavenly father. You know, Jesus was the firstborn among many brothers. We are his brothers. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our, but he's also our brother. He's also our friend. All right. All right, saints, let's look briefly at something here. Now, we looked at in our outlines of this particular series, capital A, purposefully staying away from, understanding that there's some people, places, and things we must purposefully stay away from, John chapter 7, verse 1, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. Capital B, show me me. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 26. We look at Genesis chapter 38, verse 26, capital C. I have sinned. I have sinned. You know, Exodus chapter 9, verse 27. Psalms chapter 32 and verse 5. We actually looked at uh, last night, even though we were not able to uh, broadcast that for you all. Our internet was out and we could not tape it. <clears throat> and it brings us on down to capital D in our outline. I thought. I thought. We're going to take a look at Acts chapter 26 with a very special focus on verse 9. Acts chapter 26, verse number 9. And we're just going to get a little bit of this, the Lord willing, as God has already shared very much with us today. The Apostle Paul is speaking here before King Agrippa. Uh, people didn't really know what to do with Paul. You know, they, they couldn't hardly deal with his wisdom. <laughs> you know, uh, it, what he was saying made so much sense that uh, a lot of people got angry with him. You know, and I remember a wise man told me years ago, he said, son, you want to make, you want to make some enemies? He said, get to telling the truth. Just get to telling the truth. A lot of people would rather be lied to than somebody haul off and, and tell you the truth. Your mama, under the sound of my voice, your mama might have been a whore, but you might don't want no, you don't want nobody to come and tell you that kind of stuff. She might have been, you might know it deep down in your heart, but you don't want you don't want for somebody to come in and say, look, man, your mama was a whore. You ready to fight? <laughs> Even though 
It may be true. Well, Paul, you know, Paul was the kind of character, he'd come in and be just like telling the truth. People didn't want trying to hear that kind of stuff. A lot of you all out there today, you ain't, you still ain't trying to hear the truth, even though you might know it's true, you ain't trying to hear it. Well, Paul got brought before King Agrippa for all this truth-telling that he was doing. And as he's giving his testimony and, and, and sharing how he was converted and, and sharing how the Lord shown him, showed him something different, and that was why he was doing something different, Paul busts out and said, look now, in verse 9, Paul says, I too was convinced. Paul said the same way some of these jokers here is convinced that they ought to try to stop Christianity. Paul said, I was like that too. Some of you all out there that's under the sound of my voice don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in God, don't believe in the things of God. I was like that too. I don't believe in demons, don't believe in angels. I was like that too. Paul says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was a possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, let me tell you all something out here. So this kind of goes into the, the title of the book the Lord has placed on my heart to write. Paul was an antichrist, just like me. I was an antichrist. Ooh, apostle, you was an antichrist? Yeah. And some of you all out there understand my voice. If you're not saved, whether you know it or not, you are an antichrist. Anti just means against. Paul said, you know, I was against. I was trying to, I was convinced to do all I could to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Well, Paul went from being an antichrist to being an apostle. I went from being an antichrist to being an apostle. That's the topic of the book the Lord has placed on my spirit, right? From antichrist to apostle. Paul says, I was, I was against Christ. I was convinced. Paul said, you know, I felt like I was, I was right on point. Paul said, I felt like I was doing just what I was supposed to do. Had no idea he was absolutely wrong. Sometimes we have to find out, children of God, even though we be thinking we be right on point with some things, sometimes we have to find out that we be absolutely wrong. And this is why we got to stay in God's word, stay close to the spirit of God, stay close, because, you know, Satan's thing is not only to get us doing wrong, but to convince us that our wrong is right. All right, let me, let me explain that to you now. Satan is a liar. The Bible says he's a liar and the father of all lies. When he lies, he speaks his na native language. So Satan's thing is a lie. Whatever the lie is, you can be assured that came from the devil. Whatever the lie is, whatever lie you and I have ever told, whatever lie you and I have ever believed, whatever lie you and all, that came from the devil. And this is one of the reasons why one of the first groups that get sent to hell is liars, because that means these are individuals that constantly are taking information and, and words and whatever from the devil. So God don't want us to lie. God wants to tell the truth. Tell the truth. Now, Again, Satan does not just want you and I to, to sin. You know, sinning 
or, or doing that which is contrary to God and what God wants is bad enough. But what Satan wants to do is he wants to try and convince you and I that our sin is right. See, that's a lie, and that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to get us to believe the lie. He wants us to believe that there's no consequence to our sin. God said, yes, it is. He wants us to believe that sin is righteousness. God said, no, it ain't. He wants us to believe that sin is okay. God be saying, no, that's not. He wants us not only to sin, but he, and that's how he oftentimes gets us to sin, by, by convincing us or we accepting and believing the lie that he has told. See, watch this. One of the biggest lies that has ever been told is that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. They remember they paid the soldiers that were watching the tomb, paid them money to, to tell that the, that the disciples came and stole Jesus's body at night. Paid the paid the soldiers to lie. The religious leadership paid the soldiers to lie. Cause see, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then that makes Jesus out to be a liar. So so Satan wants to 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 try and make God out to be the lie. He's a liar, but he wants to make God out to be the liar. Well, God is the truth, and he tells us plainly that Satan is the liar. Now, the question that you've got to ask yourself and the question that you're going to answer to, and I'm going to answer to, is whose report do you choose to believe? Do you choose to believe Satan, who can't tell the truth and can only lie, or do you choose to believe God, who can only tell the truth and cannot lie? Who, who are you going now? Who you going who which one make better sense to believe? One being that cannot tell the truth at all, Satan, or one being that cannot tell a lie at all, God. I'm gonna choose, I'm gonna believe God. Me, me personally, I'm choosing to believe God. God said wise choice. And those of you out there under the sound of my voice, you choose to believe God. You have made a wise choice. You choose to believe what the Bible says. Now, Supreme Court don't tell you that homosexuality is all right in all 50 states. God is saying, Robert, tell my people that homosexuality is wrong in all 50 states. The, 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 the Supreme Court, highest court in the land, just passed a law, signed it into effect, that homosexuality in marriage, marriage of, is all right in all 50 states. God is saying homosexuality is wrong in all 50 states. Whose report will you believe? I'm hearing the Spirit of God say, I will believe the report of the Lord. Of the Lord. See, just because you convinced of something, that don't mean you're right. Paul just finished saying, I was convinced he what? He ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus Christ. Well, just because he was convinced, that didn't make him right. The only thing I want to be convinced of, child of God, and I encourage you, the only thing you need to be convinced of, of what is, is of what is right. Because we can be convinced of wrong. The, 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 obviously, the Supreme Court was convinced that the homosexuals ought to have the right to be married. Obviously, they were convinced. They voted in favor of it. And see, this is why we need the Word of God. This is why we need the Spirit of God. This is why we need the revelation of God. Because if we don't have the Spirit, the Word, and the revelation of God, we'll be convinced of stuff, but we'll be wrong. 
Paul says, I was convinced. Paul said, the devil had me believing. That's, that's, that's who had him believing this. You know, God wasn't telling him to oppose the name of Jesus Christ. God is not telling you out there under the sound of my voice to oppose the name of Jesus Christ. God is not telling you out there under the sound of my voice to oppose the church. God is not telling you out there under the sound of my voice to, to not contribute to, to the church that God is. God is not telling you that. you just convinced, but you're wrong, some of you. So we can be convinced and still be wrong. Lord, convince us of righteousness and not allow Satan to convince us of wrong. That's our prayer today. Lord, what? Convince us of what's right. Let us be convinced of that which is right. Let us be convinced of that which is true. Let us be convinced of that which we're supposed to be doing and not be convinced of a lie. Paul says, I was convinced of a lie. I was convinced of a lie. Paul says, I ain't too big to, to uh, uh, acknowledge that. You know, I, I, you know and, and Satan is powerful now. Don't, 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 let, don't get yourself fooled. If we're not very careful, he can convince us of a lie. Some of you women out there have bad, had bad experiences with men, bad marriages, bad relationships or whatever. Now you're convinced. All men is dogs. See, you done got yourself convinced of a lie. Not all men, just the ones you was, just maybe the ones you was involved with. Some of you men out there on the side of my voice, you done run into some, some, some bad ladies. Ladies didn't treat you right. Ladies cheated on you. Ladies, now you out running around. Man, women ain't nothing but hoes. Yeah, no, no, you, you done got convinced of a lie. Maybe the ones you was involved with were, but not all. Some of you all out there on the side of my voice, you done, you know, been in some churches and, you know, or been up in some ministries where, you know, been a lot, a lot of emphasis on money, money, money all the time. Every time you turn around, they're trying to get you money. I mean, some of you done got convinced. Man, preachers don't, they don't want nothing but your money. Well, you done got convinced of your lie. Maybe some of them. Maybe the ones you was dealing with, but not all. See, God has always got a remnant. God has always got a, a group of folk that ain't into that craziness. God is always in this church building right here. We got big, beautiful blue carpet all over, about 98, 99% of the floor. But in the foyer, as you come in the church building, you know, I remember when they, they put this carpet down, they cut a remnant, a little, little piece of this blue carpet. And they say, you know, Pastor, you want this? I was like, yeah, let me have that and use it as a, as a, a floor mat. So when you come in the foyer, there's a little remnant where you can wipe your feet off before you come on to the main, the main blue carpet. There's a remnant, just a little piece. It's a little piece. God has always got a little group of people somewhere. See? He always got him a little group of people that's going to do this thing like he said. That are not a little group of people that's not moving with the craziness of everybody else. God always got him a remnant. See, some of you all understand my voice. You are part of that remnant. A lot of craziness going on in a lot of churches. This thing called money, I done heard all kind of things going on. People, folks, ain't some told me. Churches telling them they got to bring their tax returns and all kind of foolishness. I'm like, man, what is this? Look, give as the Lord has purposed you in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God love a cheerful giver. 
Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse up around verse six, verse seven. So, yeah, that's God has purpose in your heart. What are you talking about? What are we, why are we spending so much time on money? Jesus didn't spend a lot of time talking about money. He spent a lot of time talking about uh, saving of souls and spent a lot of time talking about how men and women can get themselves closer to God. And that's, that's supposed to be the focus of ministry today. Saving souls. The Bible said Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And for souls who are already saved, how can you get closer? How can I get closer to God? Paul says, I was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And Paul said, and that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. Now, look at this. On the authority of the religious establishment, saints were mistreated. Some of you all under the sound of my voice. On the authority of some pastors, on the authority of some bishops, on the authority of some church uh, 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 leadership, some of you all have been mistreated. That's why some of you tuning into this broadcast, I know, I know. Because pastors make mistakes. Bishops make mistakes. Apostles make mistakes. You know, I share with you all, we had a young woman that, that had left this ministry about 10 years ago, you know, came back and with tears flowing just like water, uh, expressed why they had left. And I come to find out, you know, through that uh, discourse, because I've been, you know, I was convinced there was something, come to find out that it was wrong that I had done. Yes. Yes. And it was so ironic and so God that it was just on the day that we preached the topic Show me me. And that was the day. After 10 years, one, one young woman came back to the ministry. I had to I had to ask for forgiveness. I had to apologize because I was wrong. Then I was convinced that I won't. But like we're talking about Paul here, just because you're convinced of something, that don't mean you're right. It's the Lord who will let us know whether we are right or whether we are wrong. Paul said, yeah, yeah, on the authority of who? The chief priest. He said, I put many saints in prison. And when they were put to death, Paul says, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, Paul said, look, I ain't talking about me doing this just a little bit at a time. Paul said, many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them Christians punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. Paul says, in my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. Paul said, man, I was off the hook trying to stamp them Christians out. Paul said, let me just tell we talking. Paul said, we family. Let me tell you the truth now. Paul said, I want some little choir boy. I want some little altar boy. I want some little, some little nice guy. Paul said, I was off the hook. And I was directing, Paul said, what I was doing against the church. Paul said, now, now y'all need to understand how I came in. Paul said, how I came in. <laughs> See, some of you all tuning in this broadcast. Oh, man, man, Apostle Bryant. Y'all ought to hear Apostle Bryant. God be using that brother, man. He be using. Y'all, y'all do know how I came, how I came into the family of God, dude. 
demons lifting me up and throwing me through the air, slamming me back and forth, threw me out of a vehicle. That's that's how I was delivered. Pause <laughs> the look now. My previous way of life. Pause and I. In case y'all don't know how off the hook I was, pause. Let me let me let me give you my testimony. You say, Pastor, why is this important? It's important because some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you are living the worst kind of life right now. God is going to use you to do some of the greatest work in the kingdom of God. Some of you are. that they don't hear this broadcast. I'm prophesying right now. You, you are living off the hook. You are living. Hey, Pastor, how do you know that? Because I was off the hook. And now God is using me to do a great exploit in his name. Some of you all, under the sound of my voice, you are living off the hook. You know you're off the hook. You don't know how off the hook, but you is off the hook. God is going to turn. Some of you all, I ain't say all of you. God is not telling me to say all of you. Some of you all, God is going to touch you by his power. Just like he did Paul. He's going to turn you around. And that same energy and effort you were using off the hook to do things contrary to the, to the kingdom of God, you're going to use that same energy and that same effort to do a great work in the kingdom of God. Mark my words. Same thing was prophesied about me years, decades ago. See, Paul didn't meet zeal on the Damascus Road. He met Jesus. You say, Apostle, what, what does that mean? It means that Paul was zealous even when he was off the hook. He was zealous and wrong. When he met Christ, that zeal was just taken and now used in the kingdom of God. Some of you all, if some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, God said, Robert, they need to hear this. If some of you all under the sound of my voice, God says, if you chased the things of God like you chasing money, how great the kingdom of God would be moving. Some of you all. If you chase the things of God, some of you all on the sound of my voice, if you gave to the work of God like you gave to your own selfish attitudes, oh, man, church buildings will be complete, mortgage-free. Church buses will be bought by cat. If some of you under the sound of my voice gave to the work of God like you gave to your own selfish, selfish appetite, oh, man, the kingdom of God will be rolling and strolling, moving and grooving. Some of them, Robert, if they, if they chased me like they chasing a dollar bill. Some of you all will go all to other countries chasing a dollar bill and won't even drive 15 minutes to a church to be a part of a ministry. Uh-oh. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you, you, man, you go all, you be all in other cities and states chasing a dollar bill but won't open your mouth in a, as a witness to nobody right in your own neighborhood. <laughs> See, these things that these things we're going to have to give an account of, children of God. The Bible says that in the last days, love of most would wax cold. Men would be lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, not lovers of the good, lovers of themselves. That energy that you're using to do whatever it is that you like, to do, to do that whatever it is that you love, if that same energy was used in the things of God, how pleased God would be and how 
much greater the work and the kingdom of God would be. Some of you all understand my voice. God says if you use your mouth to pray for your leaders, you know, as much as you using it to backbite, we'd be in better shape. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to what are you trying to do here, Apostle? What exactly are you trying to do? Tell you what, tell you what God say. And encourage you to let God show you some different things. So that what? You will be able to do things differently. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day you've allowed us to see. We thank you, Father, for you've told us in your word that all scripture is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We thank you, Father, for the rebuke. We thank you for the correction. We thank you for the instruction. We thank you, Father, for everything that you have deemed necessary to do with us through and by your word today. I pray, Father, that souls that have not known you in the pardon of their sins, have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray, Father, that upon hearing these words, these teachings, these exhortations, that they will accept them today, that they will be convicted and converted by your spirit and by your power. I pray, Father, for the souls under the sound of my voice that already know you in the pardon of their sins, that something has been said today that has helped them to move that much closer to you. We give you glory, honor, and praise in advance, Father. I pray for, for the souls that you have touched in the four corners of the world to, to be a blessing financially to this ministry and to contribute as, as your word has instructed. May you continue to lift them, continue to strengthen their hands, Father, that their hands may be used to strengthen uh, the work of God. Uh, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Let's get three questions very, very quickly here. Uh, what was it Paul was convinced of before he was saved? Number two. Uh, explain the parable of the sheep and the goats. And number three, list five terrible things Paul did before he was saved. List five terrible things Paul did before he was saved. Saints, the Lord continue to bless you and heaven smile on you all. Since you can reach us through email at the Christian Center Church at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert. 
Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talks You homepage. God bless you and have a smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen.